0: It's it's more about yourself. It's all it's all you. It's you and your studies, and that's what I think. Being a student, and when you go into the business world, it's 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 less about you and it's more about other people. And that was, you know, it's it's a really good lesson, you know, because if you can help other people achieve their dreams and what they want, naturally you'll in turn, you know, reap those benefits as well. So, you know, I'm constantly looking to help others succeed and 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 solve their problems and i do really enjoy that and it's and it's and it's really just because I, I i enjoy helping others and motivate others and, and and making life easier for them and it's something that just you know comes naturally to me and, and and whether that be in a business meeting or or you know with my kids friends and just in terms of hey have you thought of these things where there's no money attached to that it's just helping others you know achieve uh you know their dreams and aspirations.
1: Really excited today to be bringing uh, with you uh, uh, Rich Carroll. Uh, Rich has uh, worked with us um, back in the uh, uh, mid-90s, so he's he's sort of one of our our older alumni, uh, stayed with us a a long time and did an amazing job with with the Student Works Management Program. There's three big areas that he went and created amazing results. One was with a company called Swift Trade, one of the fastest growing companies in Canada. And he was the leading office that really, really uh, just made enormous strides in what was something that was called day trading back in the day and the, the, the different way that the business transition because of technology changes. Um, and then he uh, joined um, a couple of people who I referred him to and created a company called Energy One Canada. And they grew from zero to $8 million um, in two years and then were bought it. Uh, so that was a great opportunity. And and then right now he is the managing director at Keylingo Trans- Translations. Key Lingo is the uh, 37th. Largest um, linguistic provider in the world, so so there are thirty thousand linguistics service providers. So being thirty seventh is incredible, and they are the largest office that Keylingo has. They were formerly uh, one of the fastest growing five hundred companies in the United States. It's a United States based company, um, and uh, Richard really is talks about balance. He talks about perseverance. He talks about skills that he took. From student works and how they're making a difference in his life today, to really create enormous value for his clients, um, for his family, and uh, and for himself personally. So I know you're going to love uh, our conversation today with with Richard. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, we are looking for amazing leaders, so if you know any amazing leaders, please reach out to me at Chris at LeadersPodcast.ca. You could also send them to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And um, I look forward to, uh, to hearing from you. And uh, uh, I I know you're going to really love our podcast today. Thank you so much. Richard, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Great. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. So, so Richard, tell me what you were like before our program.
0: What was it like before Student StudentWorks? Um, well, it takes me back some years, but uh, certainly I had a lot of ideas, a lot of energy, but I was taking a lot of safe roads. You know, mm-hmm. I did have the idea of, of starting my own business one day. Uh, but I certainly had no idea really how to go about it. Um, I'd worked retail. I worked at a record store for four or five years. That right. was a fun you know, job and, and uh, worked um, in a restaurant as a server, which was awful. Um, and, uh, and, and a few other things as well, but really, and even a painter. Right. That's probably my first introduction to, to student works. So uh, before, uh, way back when, and, and, uh, but they were, they were all safe roads. Right. right. uh, So, yeah, so that was that was kind of where where I was uh, prior to student works.
1: And so what was your biggest frustration as a teenager before you got started in business?
0: Biggest frustration uh, as a teenager was probably lots of little things. But, you know, I certainly remember having conflicts with teachers. Yeah. Um, You know, I remember having that as well in terms of, you know, you know, being controlled or or or. Uh, you know they were always writing up my report cards saying oh Richard there's you know you can do so much more so much better and Uh then I would do it and then they'd kind of question me you know is that really your work and I remember going really because in your card you're saying I should do much better right I'm doing it and then you question oh is that really you so I remember having some frustration points along those lines and and, uh, and I even, I even going back to business, I had tried to um, even start up some businesses, but I just, I got as far as making some business cards. Right. I didn't have an, a clue in terms of uh, what was required to do a business plan or a marketing plan or recruit or anything like that.
1: There's I so much to know. create the
0: vision, yeah. but I didn't know, I didn't have a roadmap.
1: Yeah. There's so much to know, isn't there? Right. Like, and, you know, and and I think the the reality is that now in this time of of your life, right, you've been so successful in so many different areas um, that you're kind of swimming it. Oh, Hey, I know how to sell. I know how to market. I know how to run an admin plan. I know how to, you know, so it's just, but when you're not, it's, it's all so new. So, um, so what do you still rely on from the program?
0: Uh, There's a lot actually, surprisingly. And I, and I do uh, keep in touch with a, a bunch of uh, student works alumni, right. and it's interesting the same threads um, appear. So, you know, I think, you know, there's a number of things. You know, first off, I think it's a great confidence booster, right? Mm-hmm. You have confidence in a number of things, but you know, can you actually, you know, walk the talk? Right, you know, I was great at talking the talk, but actually, you know, I, I you know, can you walk it? Can you right. actually, you know, uh, create a tangible business that is successful? But you know, certainly a number of things. You know, learning how to create, um, you know, a business plan is it was integral. A uh, real key is sales. And I think that's yeah. been a really a strong threat. It was it was foundational in mm-hmm. terms of understanding sales. And as, at the time, you know, you know, we're in our uh, early 20s, I guess, at at university and and doing the student works um, and negotiating with people that were 20, 30 years my senior. Yeah. And and understanding that those interpersonal skills and how how to you know, present a, a sales contract right. um, and how to objection handle mm-hmm. um, and all those little, little skills along the way. And so, so that, that's been foundational for me uh, certainly learning how to manage and motivate people, um, you know, and, and, understanding how, you know, you know what moves someone forward um, and gets them excited to continue on their other on job as, as menial or as hard or um, how do you, you know, how do you deal with those, those, those issues with, uh, with your employees? So that's all been great, great things that we've learned and, and things we've learned, you know, over that three-day management uh, training session. But, you know, really, you know, having your feet there on the ground, real-time learning how to deal with issues. Right, yeah, is right. Fantastic, yeah.
1: Okay, that's awesome. Well, well I know... I know um you know, uh, just for our, our our leaders, Richard spent a number of the years in 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 our in our program. was our rookie operator of the year. worked as a district manager and a senior district manager, a general manager uh, for a number of years, and was really really a key um, um, you know person in the business for 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 a long time. And then you then you left. So why don't you tell us where you went and what you, what you what you went with with the first opportunity post student works was.
0: Jesus, um, how much time do you have? Um... You know, we,
1: there was we
0: a few- jump to the the Swift Trade opportunity? Sure, okay, yeah. that, that's great. So um, first, you know, real business opportunity I had was a company called Swift Trade. I had the opportunity to to purchase a license to, to their technology, right? And uh, so I found it really interesting. Uh, it had to do with you know trading stocks, equity tra- stocks on on Nasdaq and New York Stock Exchange, and so you know, through that process, I realized that, you know, it was a big undertaking that I actually needed uh, a partner. Mm-hmm. And so, through the process, and and I actually met with a, a number of, of StudentWorks alumni and zeroed in on a fantastic choice, which is Marcus Vanderbrink, um, another fantastic uh, alumni from StudentWorks. So, so right. it was an amazing partnership. So, him and I was basically created our, our areas of responsibility and and but prior to launching, you know none of us had a business degree right which was interesting. and so we both had to go out and get our own financial certificate. so we had both had to go get our, our Canadian securities course, our conduct practices course, uh, course, our branch managers options uh, because we're trading US securities, we had to go and take uh, series 24, 55 uh, 37 like these are these are this it was literally we we're just probably studying 12 to 14 hours a day Wow and just a, okay so we're doing that all at the same time we're not making an income because we now left student works right. um, and we're launching this we've taken all our eggs put it in one basket we're taking all these these courses that were um, I, I, in a lot of cases way harder than any of the university courses I taken and then um, and also launching a business, so right. there was a lot. Those are young times, fast, furious. Things were moving quickly. So, so we went in the um, uh, the territory we we ended up owning was London, Ontario, right? Which was ended up being a fantastic territory for us. So we ended up. So I was commuting an hour and a half a day just to get okay. to London. Okay. Marcus actually ended up moving out there, which was great. And so after launching the business, um, which was really kind of originally um, kind of e trade, but People, instead of trading from home, they were it in an office environment, and we would right. teach them how to trade with these stocks uh, instantaneously. Right. So, th- over time, uh, the NASDAQ ch- uh, changed from fractions, a lot of people probably won't know this, and they've gone into decimals, and we say, you know, uh, decimalization, decimated day trading, which was what it was called at the time. And so, luckily, at the time, we had a bit of foresight, and it got into proprietary trading. What was really interesting with that is prior to that, we were into kind of a customer service model in sales and we moved to a recruiting model uh, and managing model, which fit both markets myself like a glove because all of a sudden, all way more uh, strengths that we can pull from StudentWorks. Why don't you speak a
1: little bit more to our leaders just to sort of break that out? What was the original model and what was the, the different model so that they can understand more? Like what, what originally did you
0: do? Sure. So, so we had customers that would come in and take our courses. Marcus was actually the instructor. Mm-hmm. And then they move on to the client side, onto our trading floor. So literally imagine a floor full of computers where customers were sitting there trading their money. Right. And so it was a it was a customer servicing model. So I was doing the sales and marketing for the business and Marcus was responsible for training. Right. And it moved to where we actually employed the traders. So with in London, you got Western University right in our backyard. And so now we understood how to recruit on campus. Right. With the characteristic attributes of a good trader that we could go and hire right out of the university. And so that was phenomenal for us, and because of that, those reasons, all the other offices across uh, uh, Swift Trade didn't understand that, didn't know how to make jump the chasm to right. the new new operating model. And we're talking, we're only a year, year and a half into the business, and it right. changed overnight, right. which forced you to instantly react. And so, luckily, so we we were to figure that out. We started hiring and recruiting people right out of Western. These are um, you know, recent graduates were either about to graduate or had just recently graduated. Brought them in, and because I had already interviewed hundreds of people through Student right. Works, I understood, you know, what a, what a good interview would be where right. a good candidate would be right and so that was a great process so we to do that and then be able to manage them as well and, and bring them into our our, our stable of, of computers and then we just took off from there it was right. a, it was a phenomenal definitely hockey stick growth uh and then before we knew it we had 30 40 traders on our floor within within a couple of years we were definitely the number one office right um, so th- hopefully I think I answered your question. Yeah, no, I think, no, I think
1: you did. And, and then, and then, you know, just for our, for our leaders, like one thing to sort of pay attention to is, is when you're, you know, a lot of businesses will change all of a sudden you're getting into something sure. and then it changes and then it changed again. Right. And you saw that it was going to change. So what, what, what happened for, to have you exit the business and, and look to exit the business, Richard?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, we you know had visions of this is it we're going to ride it off right you know into right. retirement, and business changed again. And so uh, again, it's it'd be hard for the millennials to understand this, but at the time, it was it was actually difficult uh, for the internet to, to move uh, email traffic, I'll say, around the world. Right. And then a company called Global Crossing, and another, a number of other companies, came to the table and, and laid lines across across the ocean, if you can imagine that. And then it became a point where you could could sit in Hong Kong and have a push of a button, the speed of light between Hong Kong and New York became possible. Right. And so all of a sudden, as the book would say, the world became very flat. Right. And so it would be, you know, the equivalent would be if we, you know, Marcus and I were running a, um, a, a, a shoe manufacturer in Ontario, and we now we were competing against the Chinese. Right, so it became very difficult. So literally, most half my 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 um, staff were first generation Canadians. So they were from Moscow, they were from China, they were from Eastern European nations, and so and there was a reason behind that. But I won't go into that now. But all of a sudden, they stopped showing it for work. I thought, well, this is really interesting. They haven't missed a day in a year. All of a sudden, they stopped you know, showing up, and so when they, and we were doing the signing license agreements with our head office, and so we were actually exporting the knowledge offshore and competing against them without any any benefit there so once that became a reality, we thought this we're, we're dead you know this, right. is, this is only going to last it's going to run out so so I'm really unfortunate we had to kind of X the business um, and so anyways, we did, and so we we moved forward um and uh, you know, as luck would have it, uh, and actually I think a referral from you at the time. Because yes. I was looking for a new business opportunity. Well, th- this guy's has uh, got you know, uh, interest uh interesting uh opportunity. He was in the natural right. gas business, wanted to, you know, somehow sell at retail. Right. Again, so Mark and I went in there and we thought this is another, you know, perfect fit for us. They have, you know, the uh a business that they don't know how to get off the ground. Right. And it came down to sales, you know, marketing, recruiting, management, all of those things that were, we'd learned through, through StudentWorks. Right. So before we know it, uh, you know, like a long story short, in two year time, we went from zero revenue to $8 million in revenue in, in two years. And so, we did a phenomenal job, actually, give myself a pat on the back. And that was great. And then, and that was only a two-year run. And so, right. and at that point, um, that was an interesting story. But all of a sudden, we faced, uh, there was four shareholders, right. two others. And then, the other two others said, okay, it's time for, it's shotgun time. Okay. And so, uh, anyways, we got shotgunned out of, out of that. And, and here we we're, again uh, sitting with some cash in our pocket this time, and and without uh, without a business. So,
1: so, so we'll, we'll we'll just we'll just pause there for our years. Sure. So basically, uh, uh, Richard and Marcus generated a business called Energy One, and they they Sorry. they grew it and grew it and grew it. To Zero to eight million dollars is unbelievable growth, and they got bought out. okay a shotgun yeah. is where where your partners basically say here you either buy me for this many lots of dollars. Or I will buy you for that dollar, and as as i i'm I'm not aware leaders what that dollar was, but I understand it was a good dollar so uh so it was a good dollar it was a good win not not life life's over I don't need to work anymore win but it was a big big win um and then and then um and, and again it is it is also as well the the life of an entrepreneur the the uh you know the the challenges and differences so so of of all of a sudden doing this but Again, with that confidence, I can tell that Richard feels is, hey, I know I can do it in completely different industries. I've done it in home services now. I've done it in energy. I've done it in, in, in finance. So it's really quite fascinating because the same skills are the same. So what did you do next, Rich?
0: Okay, so, uh, so it's interesting. So we, we had um, read a book and it really resonated with me, Rich, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. You're probably familiar with it. Yes. It has to do with real estate. And so Marcus and I started talking about it. We oh, well, let's, let's trade in our pen and paper for uh, you know, a hammer and tool belt. Mm-hmm. And so we literally went out and we purchased um, a small apartment building. Right. And we saw the opportunity that uh, we could add more units to the building mm-hmm. and, and fix the rent. Right, and which is exactly what we did. So we went out there and the same thing was uh, very similar. We had to go and recruit this labor force. Right. Um, so between contractors and actually laborers, um, and that was a whole different, you know, skew of, of demographic of, of person there. But again, managing motive and understanding how to motivate those people to get you know, the work done on right. a timely basis. So we did that for... You know, a good year, we were able to refinance the building, pull the money out. We actually purchased another apartment building um, and things were going pretty well, actually. And then what, as life would have it again, um, there is a thing in 2008, the financial crisis oh, yes. Where, yes. <laughs> where in the States, basically, um, there was a huge issue and it floated into Canada. And literally, the money in Canada froze up. Right. Right? It became incredibly difficult to actually get money. To for this type of real estate financing because everyone just thought that's it the world's, you know the whole commercial industrial residential world is imploding right Um, and so so anyway so so at that point we're like okay well this is interesting and you know we can't wait forever and so we needed money we needed access to money to keep this thing rolling forward so and at the time so uh, and then Marcus had an opportunity to move to the states and so unfortunately we we parted ways um, and then. And then basically, he went to the states. I stayed here. We both went to co- the corporate world for a bit, right. which again was, which was really interesting because you really, you know, it's hard for a uh, you know a, a leopard to change its spots, mm-hmm. right? So right. you used to being your own boss, and now you're working for someone else, right? And but I knew it was only a means to an end. It was right. a paycheck, and I needed to find my next opportunity. So I, I really, you know, for two two and a half years, I looked and I hunted for my next opportunity. And there was a number of things I was looking for and, you know, in terms of fragmented marketplace and the lifestyle I wanted. And I looked at a lot of businesses over that time frame. And then I settled in on on my current business. So I've been with it for for eight years now. Right. And Keylingo. So Keylingo is a B2B uh, global communications translation company.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And so, so, um. So tell us, tell us about the, the, the translations business and why you think that was going to be a good business and why it has become a really great business for, for you. Um.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting. So, you know, the translation business um, is, is very, very fragmented. Um, you have tens of thousands of freelancers. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine, you know, most of us in Ontario have, you know, have taken some French. Through schooling, right. and so we have a bit of knowledge. And you'd be surprised how many people have you know bits of knowledge of French, for example. Right. And we have a lot. We have a large immigrant uh, base, so a you know, number of people that have Spanish uh, and Portuguese and Italian. And then you know you have Quebec, which, which again it's you know, francophones anglophones, and so so very rich in terms of understanding uh, English to French, right? But that's you're just scratching the surface there, and really, you know, in this day and age, uh, to be successful globally, you know, you need to go global, and right. um, it's proven that that um, you know, in order to sell your goods worldwide, you need to be translating in those languages. So, if you want to be successful in Japan, you don't don't think you'll be able to advertise or promote your products in English and hope to be. A, to be consumed or, or adopted there you right. need to convey that and communicate those messages in, into Japanese and Korean and Chinese and all the European languages and so and there's hundreds there's thousands of languages out there right. right so so what we found is as we started uncovering um you know clients it was they were very fragmented they have to go well I had this German translator here and I've got my French person here and I've got my Chinese here and so I would just go over to clients and say, well, how, what if we just consolidated? We could handle all your language needs for you. And like, well, you can do that? Yes. And we have a standardized, standardized process. Right. And so, and the quality, instead of just having one freelancer, you can actually have multiple eyes. So all of a sudden, the quality output um, goes to a whole new level for these clients. And then having a project manager and what's also changed over the last you know, 20 years is technology has gone through right. the roof. So these freelancers don't know, you know, they, they can work with a Microsoft Word or an Excel. But beyond that, they don't have the technical know-how to work with a HTML file, XML file, JSON file. And so we have that technical, technical knowledge uh, of how to work with those files. Right. And so these clients are becoming more and more sophisticated. And again, I've worked with clients that have gone from, you know, a couple languages and now they're into, you know, a dozen or two dozen different languages, you know, to turn around a project that's a few thousand words and have that sent out to, you know, 30 different teams around the world and have it packaged up in a few days and send it back to it in one nice little package. You know, that, that, that's a real wow. convenience for, for clients. And we really try to, you know, the aim is to simplify their translation world.
1: Wow, and so so you know in terms of the size of your clients, you know how big are the the clients that you're using, uh, Richard, or yes. that are you know being served by your business?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. You'd be surprised. We have billion dollar clients, right? Uh, which I always get a kick out of it. That's, that's fantastic, and so mm-hmm. they've seen value in our service, and we write down to a client that may do only a million dollars in sales, right? You know, a small, small SME. Um, so really, the whole whole gamut. Um, I'd say almost every industry. It's mm. available there. And so, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to service all, all levels of, of business and they all, and it can be very, very simple and right. very, very complex problems. That's one of the things I really enjoy in the business is, is problem solving for these clients.
1: Right. And I know, I know that your office again has, is, is, you know, the m- m- most successful office in key lingo, like it was before. Why do you think that is what, what are you doing differently in your business uh, that's making an impact?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm very patient in my approach. I have a long-term view on things, uh, where I think a lot of people will get upset quickly and, and say, "Oh, geez, you know, I didn't, you know, didn't land that client." And, and I'll get excited and say, "Well, I know they do translations, and maybe you know they're not ready now, but I'm going to be around for years." And right. so sooner or later, I know we have you know a very good offering for our clients. We provide fair pricing, very competitive, um, and. With exceptional customer service, technology, technology know-how, and so we can compete with the right. largest uh, localization firms in the world. You right. know, the differences are, you know, the largest companies out there. You know, and these are, you know, you know, hundred million plus uh, companies. You know, they have a lot of overhead, right? And so, you know, they don't offer a whole lot more different services than than we do. But we can undercut them, so we have an advantage there. Uh, and offer better servicing um, right. as well. So, in using uh, you know very quality approach. So, so I think what, you know why we've been successful is I think really relying on our, our background um, in sales um, that's been you know really really helpful. Like right. some of the other offices, you know, came in with an operations background. You know, they don't understand how to sell right. and understand you know a client's needs. Right, and that's that's been integral to our, uh, our success. And, uh, and it's understanding, you know, early on at student works, you have to be able to let go of things and trust in your people that when you leave a job site, you know, you've given a number of, 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 um, you know, goals to be done that day and Mm -hmm. trust your people. Right. It's no different in today's business. You know, I've got a team of project managers and they understand the goals that need to be acquired that day and I don't need to micromanage them, nor do I believe in, in that and, right. and I trust my people. So those things have really you know, stayed with me over the years.
1: Right. Right.
0: And then, and then that long-term
1: view of, Hey, treat every customer really, uh, you know, especially, et cetera, so that they just continue to return and continue to return. Cause I know you have a really, really high return rate in your business, we do. which is monstrous, right? If you just retain yeah. your client base. Yeah.
0: hundred percent. And so a lot of things I learned at student works, um, I have uh, ingrained in, in my staff um, here as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's very, you know, customer centric um, in terms of, uh, you know, we talked about the referability habits, yes. um, and that's that's really important in our business. And so, you know, if everyone's um, you know working along those lines and treating customers that way, and we're saying you know we do what we say, yeah. and th- those little things, you know, and please and thank yous really resonate and go pretty far with your clients, um, and really understanding because it's more, you know it's it's less about yourself and more more about the customer. Yeah. And, and understand that. So I think our customers appreciate, you know, the things, you know, the, we go the extra mile, uh, yeah. you know, we're flexible in terms yeah. of, and, and, you know, their needs and we can really customize a solution for them. So we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients. And literally a lot of times I will have hundreds of different customized approaches, depending on what their needs are. And that's, you know, really, you know, begins with the very first meeting, that, you know, we have with the client in terms of just understanding, you know, what are their needs, what are their challenges, right? And so try to be less trans you know, transactional and be more transformational with our clients.
1: Right, right. And just it really is important to get like when you do the four referability habits, and and you know, so that's be on time, do what you say, finish what you start, say please and thank you. By the way, Rich was on time for the podcast, so was <laughs> I, right? You know, but it just it's just how you operate. So it's like the integrity is there all the time. So your clients are getting their needs met. You know, if there's a timing issue, I'm sure they're reaching out and oh, it looks like we're going to be a little bit later. Or can we work around this or can we hit our target? But it's just it's just communicating it and being. Um, on it. And, and as a result, you just show up so much better than other organizations, just because it's that those basics, those small things are everything, you know, or just such a, such a separator if you're doing it on a consistent basis. So, and that's obviously what you're doing. And, and, you know, and, and, and again, by the sounds of it as well, you're doing it with really a great quality of life as well. You know, just the way you're managing your business and having, having your people do, you know, run the business and then the business is returning to you, which is really amazing. Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca/slash apply. Now back to the episode. So, um, how did you know running the, a business was was the right thing for you, Richard?
0: Oh, geez, uh, you know, I, I, you know, even through my high school years and my university years, I always dreamed of running my own business, as I mentioned right. earlier, and I just. Didn't know how to go about it. And so, you know, uh, once I came into the Student Works program, had a great general manager, role in Toms, and, and just sitting down and going and, and being introduced to the whole uh, Student Works, you know, mentality. Right. And, and that three day weekend, and just and coming away and, and understanding, you know, laying out a roadmap, you know, mm-hmm. a vision for what does the next, you know, six months look like? Right. And that was really, again, uh, you know, very interesting, very impactful on, 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 my life and, and setting a goal, right. An audacious goal. And, and yeah. so I think I was a little, you know, a little young and cocky at the time and Roland asked me, um, you know, what are your goals? And I said, quite frankly, I want to be, you know, rookie manager of the year. Right. And laugh, laughed because yeah. he's heard that story a few right. times. Exactly. And I said, that's right. Yeah. I said, just tell, you know, what, what do I need to do to achieve that? Mm-hmm. And he, said okay here's the plan he wrote out the plan we and yeah. we looked at it together and and and, it, and i basically you know took that plan and i lived it yeah. um, and so so it was a, it was really great to to go out and you know go from not knowing how to run a business to laying out, you know, laying out the plans, having a coach yeah. as I, I considered rolling at the time at my beck and call, I'd be able to call him up and, yeah. and we had these weekly calls where I was able to call him or, you know, in between and, and lean on him, you know, all of a sudden we get these large commercial jobs and I'd be fretting going, I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, I'll help you. He'd come in yeah. with his, with his know-how and I'd be able to lean on him and to help, you know, book these, these jobs. So that was mm-hmm. really, really helpful. But, you know, as, as you mentioned at the, at the beginning here, yeah, I ended up being, you know, rookie manager of um, right. as well. She shared it with uh, uh, Brett Dunk and, and right. uh, another phenomenal operator. And uh, but I had, was at a small town. I remember he had a very large town. Yeah. Uh, was like three, four times the population. But I was very proud of that because it came to fruition. I set mm-hmm. a goal and I was able to obtain it. And that really, I started realizing I might be good at this. I mm. might be good at running a business. Right. And I really, more and more than that, I enjoyed it. It gave me so much energy to get up in the morning. I didn't worry about, oh, Jesus, it's going to be a really long day. It gave me a lot of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so even though I was coming home 9, 9.30 at night, but there was times where I would go, okay, well, I've got a little downtime and I, I, very important still is today. I'd go for, go to the gym, get a workout yeah. in. Yeah. middle of my day and try to keep that life balance as well mm-hmm. and, and keep that energy high as i was, I was going for a workout and i go meet with clients and and wrap up job sites and, and and negotiate more more contracts for the following weeks yeah rich and, and i and i love
1: one of the things you said as well as is, is that your district manager laid out a plan um that aligned with that big goal because so many people have goals that really are just right just just not aligned with anything. Oh, I right. just, you know, want to want to be a millionaire by 25 or sure. before I'm 30. Well, and how what are the steps? How are you going right. to get there? And there's nothing wrong with any goal, but it's just how, what are the steps? And so Richard rich saw the saw the goal, saw the target and then okay, I'm going to do all these micro targets to get right. there you know, yeah. and, and that's just so, it, so huge. And that's, and that's what, that's what successful people do is they do the small things. And then, then, then again, it, you know, while you're doing it, you're, you're making it fun and you're, you're finding right. balance around it, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so and that was really incredible. So it, it helped me build a foundation of becoming, I really believe, you know, one of my strengths is, you know, I'm an expert at execution, right? If I can see a roadmap, if I can understand all the pieces there, I can execute it. And so, and that uh, was foundational at student works and, and going back to goal setting. I think a lot of people set goals, but it's vapor. It's yeah. just, it said, Oh, like you said, I want to become a millionaire, Yeah, but it's, it's not on paper. Yeah. It's just, it's just this, this dream, this thing they can't, it's like the horizon. They can't, really grab it and touch yeah. it. Yeah. But once you've laid out a plan, it's on paper and it becomes a bit of a contract with yourself. And that because yes. that summer was a contract that I made to myself saying, here's a goal I'm going to shoot for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and going into it and, and it all sounds great, but going into it, I had a lot of reservations. This is, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of risk. You know, that was probably my biggest fear was, you know, it's, it's a risk. You know, what yeah. if, what if I fail at this yeah um it was the first time saying you really had to trust yourself Mm -hmm. you know going away from well if i could work at a retail store i just it's mindless i can show up and i get paid yeah for sure i get paid for time yes and that was one of the things as well once i learned to run a business now i'm getting paid for performance for results and and you often talk about a results economy yeah and that was you know and and but hearing it and then actually living and breathing and going, wow! I, I did really well that summer. You mm-hmm. know, it was, you know, I made some really good money that summer as a student. But it was what was more important was what I learned that summer and something I would have never learned anywhere else. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really beneficial. I, I thank you for that.
1: Oh no, you're more than welcome, Rich. And uh, um, so, 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 Rich, what are the big failures or mistakes that you've made and what you learned from them? <laughs>
0: Um, I got a lot of mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, what's mistakes I've learned over years. So, so I've certainly been guilty of, you know, knee jerk reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mark's and I, we were so similar personality traits, which was amazing. Right. And 90% of our, 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 our businesses, it was great. We were very, very aligned. Yes. Now the challenge there is there was not you know when we're so aligned and so similar yeah. you don't have someone that can balance that off and yes. say and look at it from a different perspective. So yeah. we were, certainly got caught a few times where we're like, you know, once you, once you once you get some gold you think whatever you touch turns into gold. Yes. And and it's (laughs) not not. so true. (laughs) Not so true. So we, you know, we got burned on a few, you know, a few investments for sure. Mm. Uh, We jumped in knee jerk. really didn't look at, you know, the whole picture. Um, It just, cause we just thought we could touch everything. It would just turn into, turn to gold. And so now, so that's one thing I, I certainly, avoid now. And so, and then also not taking legal counsel. So now when I'm, you know, making some serious business decisions, I I do take in my legal counsel. I listen to them, I pay for their time. Yeah. And because it's not just, you know, they're, you know, their law degree, but all the thousands of other clients in similar situations, I get to lean on to their expertise. Yes. And hear things out. So that's been, you know, I, and that's one thing I really lean on my accountants as well, yeah. um, to, you know, to keep me out of trouble, to, to make sure I'm looking at these investments or way of, of position, you know, packaging things, or they'll come with their expertise and say, you know, this is the way to be most cost effective. Yeah. So I really lean on my professional network. Um and, and other people, as well as my in my network, just to bounce ideas. And so I I think at this time in my life too, you know, I've got a family. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm not a, just a young wild student like that just that's it. Just you know, fire away, bet the farm. Yeah. I've certainly been guilty of that, and now I certainly would never do that. Exactly. So you know, your your perception on on life and. Um, your experiences will certainly guide you in, in the right direction over time. So my, you know, if I had that decision-making, you know, you know, years ago, I probably would have saved myself a bundle of money, but you know, sometimes, you know, you do have to take those chances as well.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And and obviously, Hey, a bunch of the bet the farms won too. So, so <laughs> it's true. It's, it, it's, it's sometimes it's sometimes as well, like, you know, those decisions that you make in your twenties and thirties are, You know, again, that, that is how you get real success. And, and there isn't as much to bet anyhow. So it's not like, you know, yes, you're betting all that you had, but in terms of what you have now, it was a much smaller bet. You good chance you might make that bet again. And, but it would be a smaller, much smaller smaller portion of your, of your, um, net worth. So, so, but I really love as well, like just the, the experience of, wow, I need to speak to accountants, lawyers, other advisors. And it's, and it's not, they're smarter. No, it's just different, different uh, viewpoints. And and especially with accountants and lawyers, they speak to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people like us and and successful entrepreneurs. So they're, they're seeing things that you won't see because they've seen sure. so many other people. You know, I know you spent a year as well as a consulting manager with the Business Development mm-hmm. Bank of Canada. And I remember you telling me in the past as well, just seeing all these business plans helped right. you analyze better business plans in the future yeah. as well. Right. So it's, it's just that experience is key. Um, so, so, um, you know, as you went from a teenager university student to a business owner and a value creator in the full-time world, what did you need to change about yourself, Rich?
0: Jeez. Um, I think as a student, you it's, it's more about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all you. It's you yeah. and your studies. And that's what I think being a student. And when you go into the business world, it's, it's, it's less about you and it's more about other people. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, it's, it's a really good lesson, you know, because if you can help other people achieve their dreams and what they want, naturally, you'll in turn, you know, yes. reap those benefits as well. So, you know, I'm constantly looking to help others succeed yeah. and, and, and solve their problems. And I do right. really enjoy that. And it's, and it's, and it's really just because I, I, I enjoy helping others and motivate others and, and, yeah and making life easier for them as something that just you know, comes naturally to me. And, and, and whether that be in a business meeting or, or, you know, with my kids, friends, and just in terms of, Hey, have you thought of these things where there's no right. money attached to that? It's just helping others, you know, achieve, uh, you know, their dreams and aspirations. Right. right. So yeah. I some, some of the things that have changed over time and, and, in uh, you know, becoming, you know, uh, you know, again, less about yourself and more about others. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. And I can see as well. And when you set up a structure like you have where, again, I'm serving clients better, they they buy more from me and I win. You know, I'm 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 helping my the the, the my service providers who are providing the service to my clients. And, and again, they're they're doing better and better. Hey, right. again, everybody's winning. So you're yeah. you're setting up a dynamic uh, that that when you're helping people, they're also it's 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 a circle. You know, so, so you know, and, and again, that's obviously something that we set up at student works, where it's the same thing. District managers are totally focused on supporting their students to win. And right. as a result, they're winning. So it's yeah. it's all tied. No one, no one wins without everybody winning. You know, it's just how it works. It, yeah, you, know,
0: you, you remind me, uh, we, we, we brought the book, uh, Stephen Covey, and that was yes. a really, you know, central focus and and, and the concepts there were, were phenomenal. So I really mm-hmm. recommend that book uh, still today. You know, and win-win was a concept. So yeah. that's always just kind of naturally in my back of my mind. It's win-win with, with customers. But it's also win when, when, you know, imagine we've got thousands of linguists around the world and there's times where they're like, oh, you know, we need to be, get paid a little bit more for this project in order to meet those timelines. Well, you know, a lot of people wouldn't think that way. They just sit, sit there and say, well, if you want the work, you're going to you're going to do it for what I pay." Yes. And that's a win-lose mentality, right? Yes. So maybe yes. that person wins that time, but the next time they're not going to win. Yeah. So that's always rolls through my head. And even this morning, I had, I had, had that very situation <laughs> yeah. and I was like, yes, I agree. approved. please engage. Yes. Because I'm helping them out. They're in a pinch. They're asking for more money. Yeah. I can't go back to the client and say, oh, by the way, we can get this done. I need more money. Yeah. It's, already, it's already in the it's works. done. Yeah. 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 So, but I'm absorbing that in order to make the client happy mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's because it's a win, win, win. And yeah. so I get to keep the client because I can't say they're going, to go, Oh, I want to charge you more or we're going to miss that deadline. Both of which are very negative you know, outcomes. Yeah. Keep that internal as well as an internal thing we don't want to share with our client. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll, I'll scratch their back. And so, yeah. and this is, a, you know, it's a one-off and this is not a regular thing. Yeah. But, you know, those, that mentality of a win win situation that, that Covey you know, helped bring to the table and, and just a mental shift you know, about thinking along those, those strategies.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think that's great. And for our leaders, that seven habits of highly effective people. Stephen Covey, you know, one of the sort of real breakout books of the 80s and 90s uh, fundamental habits that really uh, uh, create a career and create a, create a life too, and, and how to really lead your, your life um so um so uh, Rich, if someone wanted to do what you do what key habits would they have to s- steal from you
0: what key habits um probably a few things i say perseverance
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know that's 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 key just day in and day out habits of just again and not and not giving up um yeah. and just again so you know it's easy to say you no know, hard work but it's just, it's perseverance it's 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 applying you know, you know what's working in your business, and continually yeah. apply that day in and day out. So that that's probably a habit. I'm a big believer in in work life balance as well, yeah. and not getting burnt out because it's right. you know very easy to get burnt out of, in business. And so I try to lead a, a healthy lifestyle. I'm a big advocate of of, of working out. Um, you know, I've. You know, as you know, I've done a couple Ironmans. I yeah, used to be yeah. huge into triathlons. I was yeah. a competitive swimmer. I was a varsity swimmer at university. Now I've transitioned to to CrossFit, right? And uh, so I'm one of those guys. But I I right. love competing and, and mm-hmm. every day. And, CrossFit is, it's, it's a competition, right. you know, you're not really competing, but you see how you gauge yourself against your peers and we push each other. Right. And so I like that in my, in my athletic world, but I, and I take those lessons as well back into my work world in terms of how hard I was able to push myself, you know, um, at the gym and that workout of the day. Um, so that, that, that's probably a habit um, that I, I let people steal from me as well Yeah. And for just that life balance, um, to, you know, and making sure you've got time or your family. And that's yeah. really in designing. So I've really designed my, my business around making sure, you know, family is very, very important to me. And, and, you know, when my kids need me, I'm, I'm there for them. Right. And so that I'm not just away all the time or, or buried in some office. And so, you know, I understood that. So that's, that's probably another habit as well. You know, not, don't forget what's, what's truly, really important. You know, in your your last days of your your life, if you're able to, 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 to see that, you know, to look back, you know, what's, what's going to be most important to you. And certainly for me anyways, it's, it's my kids and my family and, and being there for them.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And one of the other things is, is that, is that, um, you know, as athletes, we all know that the result isn't in the time that you work out. It's the effectiveness that you work out and your commitment and your focus and your like you said, your competitiveness. so so again, I think a lot of times people spread the work that they do over a bunch of time to make them feel like they're quote unquote, working hard, where it's like, no, I'm going to go in and I'm going to work really effectively on my business. I'm going to work really effectively at the gym. I'm going to go again support my family the way I needed to be supported or whatever's going on. And you know sort of so where you're where you show up in one area of your life, you show up in all these other areas of your life, right? So you're yep. you're on it, you're focused. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think that's really um something again about you uh and um and and again it's 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 something that I think a lot of very successful you know, entrepreneurs and business leaders have. It's very easy to get caught up in. um, There's a feeling of, well, if I'm working hard, um, that's good. Like I'm busy. There's a busyness that's happening in our culture. That's kind of overwhelming everybody. I I, I think, you know, where it's like, hey, I, I," you know, or, hey, really again, what can I do that, what you were talking about earlier, I've got my team, they're working. They don't need, need me poking in on their stuff, you know? And, sure. and so I don't, like, I could be spending a whole bunch more time doing that, but it wouldn't really be mo- moving the result.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. So to say, you know, continue that as, you know, I talked about prefer- perseverance. Just don't underestimate that. But, you know, it's, you're getting into it to be more maybe more clear in terms of, you know, being focused. Like you said, there's so many distractions. Yeah. The emails constantly are coming in there. Yes. And so how do you balance your day? Mm-hmm. You know what, what are your objectives for that day? You need to c- continue to take that ball and continue moving it down the field. I right. used to say, there's no parking on Success Avenue. <laughs> there is right? no. I, mean, I still remember that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it is true. Like you just can't park your business. Yeah. You know, in order to be, you know, as your business is either growing or, it's, or shrinking. Mm-hmm. And so what are you doing? to, you know, continue, you know, make it continue to, to grow and, and and help others. And uh, so I think, you know, a big part of that is being, you know, clearly focused in terms of having a habits and, and, right. and what, you know, what items are going to help you keep focused that day to, you know, help you achieve your objectives. And objectives could be your daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly, you know, what, yeah. are, what are your goals and what are your people's, you know, dreams and goals as well and helping them achieve that as well.
1: Fantastic. And so, our final question: When you think of a leader of tomorrow, Rich, what comes to mind?
0: Leader of tomorrow. Um, what I'm observing is is you know, kids these days, um, you know, they're so glued to their mobile devices. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gotten so bad that you know people are walking and across. Intersections and getting killed by cars because they're yeah. just glued to their device. Yeah, and I even heard rumored in Toronto they're gonna, they're gonna, they're talking about you know outlawing uh, texting and walking, which is almost ridiculous. But <laughs> those things, those are absolutely. glued. I see it with my own kids too, and yeah. and, and so I see what the issues there in terms of what what's going to be lacking in our society is is interpersonal skills, communication skills. And leadership skills. Yeah. Now, I don't, I'm not sure how much of a leadership you can learn, you know, with having your face buried in a device all day. So that's going to be integral, I think, to the future. People that understand, you know, how to uh, deal with people one-on-one in, in, a, in a face-to-face situation. Yeah. Learning those skills and, and, and working with people um, on a day-to-day basis where, you know, you know literally going to hand, you know, shake people's hands. Mm-hmm. So I see that it's going to be a bigger and bigger issue as we get more removed um, and more devices in place. And how, how do you communicate? So I think there's, there's some great skill sets. They understand you know, all the different mobile social medias out there. Yes. But how do you communicate effectively, uh, yeah. both in your device world and in a boardroom? Yeah. Um, and so those are different skill sets. So I think if someone can take, you know, you know understanding how to deal with people, in person yeah um, i mean that in terms of their knowledge of how to deal with you know social media um i think that you know that's real strong you know leadership uh is still set to have in the future
1: yeah no i agree completely and and again just so everyone hears you know know all this technology all the 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 social media all the texting great things, and it can it can warp where that's all I'm communicating or, you know, and, and one of the things we'll see with our leaders in our in, our, in the student works management program is we'll see them and they're having communication on a regular basis by text or, you know, or or rather than conversation. And yes, many times it is good. OK, here, get me that data or show me that picture or whatever. But seeing where. You're starting to get in a feeling, ceiling where it's it's starting to bridge over into is someone really getting the context for my conversation? Are they really hearing what I'm saying? You know, because because again, um, you know, a text does not have emotions, does not hear context. There's there's a lot of things missing from that communication, and it's really quick and vibrant and direct and and so so it's just seeing that. And I think you're right. As a leader moving forward, people who get what you have and what I have, because we didn't grow up with these these things, Um, and and that's a real skill set of ours. They're just going to be so much further ahead because it's always going to matter the most. Because people aren't going to be selling, signing multi million dollar deals over text, and and they're going to be conversations face to face. What's happening and and uh, and building relationships and trust and all those sorts of things again yeah, happen face to face.
0: So yeah. it's it's getting you know, and it's it's. It's this personal, you know, business is done between people mm-hmm. end of the day. Yes. And, and uh, you know, something I, I picked up through business world is, you know, sometimes that, you know, first first meeting, you may not convince them that you're the their best business or person to, to work with. Right. At that moment. But certainly I want to convince them that if they were to do business with me, they'll enjoy it. Right, yeah. Right, so that's, it's a little twist, right? And, and vice versa. You know, the people, the customers I take on, I, I want to enjoy working with them as well. Yeah, for
1: sure, yes. So, <laughs> uh, so
0: it goes both ways and that that's understanding, you know, human dynamics, yeah. which yeah. is very hard to do on, on a device, but if yeah. you can gain that skill set in, in, in a real life environment, you know, if it just works and, and yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, really, really beneficial. You know, I think, you know, the, what I learned in one summer at Student Works uh, was more than what I learned in all four years of university, you know, hands right. down. Mm-hmm. Uh, just those, those, that experience is always your best teacher. Yeah. And, and the experience I, I learned in that one summer and then, and of course, uh, came back for, for years. Uh, <laughs> dimming and I just loved it. It was, it was wow. a phenomenal experience, you know, wow. years of my life.
1: And I love as well, Rich, Just just highlighting the, you know, again, wanting to wanting to let them know that you're good to work with. And and then you can be second in in line for customers. Oh, okay. If there's a breakdown, oh, I'll go back to that rich. I remember he was really great. Key lingo. Okay. And then also as well for you, you, you know, not feeling desperate that you need to work with clients just so you're making money. No, thank you. I'm making money and I'm gonna work with people I wanna I wanna work with. I don't wanna be picking up the phone and having a cringe worthy client, right? You know, 100%. we don't want that. We manage that in our business. We just, you know, no, no, no. Hey, we don't speak to each other that way. No, 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 calm down. It's okay, I get you're upset. Let's let's calm down. You know, that's just a great practice because again, people you know, and, and people's careers will be set, set aside. People's, you know, will not have as much success if they're that type of person on either side, right? Customer or whatever. So, so Rich, thank you so much for spending time on the leaders of tomorrow podcast. I'm really excited to have you on and, uh, and you have a fantastic day.
0: Great. Thank you very much, Chris. Appreciate, appreciate the time. Okay. Cheers. Talk to you All soon. Right. Take care. Cheers.
1: Hey leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode.